Do you think Levitt is Bellamy and Octavia's child and he was just time dilated? Yes! and welcome to Maybe Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my horrifically high-tolerance co-hosts, Shaheen and Bubs. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hey. This is episode 93 of our podcast, and we're going to be talking about the 100 season 7, episode 12. You can find us on SoundCloud and God only knows where else on the internet. Um, we also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at Maybe Geek Again or email us at MaybeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion. Um, it is great to have you here, guys. Um is we it? already know it well, no, I mean it's just it's part of the script, but it's not not great. It's just not great. It is what it is. It is it is what it is. Wait, is this not <sighs> two value logic? Are we doing Are we doing like Wait what? <laughs> What's two valued logic? Well in two valued logic, not not great would be great. Oh. Oh no, this is not a double negative. No, it's just saying that you are somewhere between great and not great. Yeah. That's misleading. Uh, there's a comma. It's not comma. Not great. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's like a semicolon there's, in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. No. No. Um, it's not. That's so. Fuck his goddamn sake. I made it through the intro without fucking up, and now you guys are just derailing this whole thing. Um, we're going to go around and do a little quick icebreaker game. If you want to give a factoid about yourself, you're welcome to. I don't know if our listeners care. Um, so th- last week, I was kind of on a death watch thinking that we were going to, or not last week, but whatever the last episode was, I thought we were going to lose a major character, and we didn't. So this week's icebreaker game, surely, surely someone major has to die the next episode, and who who you're pay- placing your bets on. Um, who wants to go first? Bubs, you can go first, since neither <laughs> of you guys are stepping okay. up to the fucking plate. I guess for me, it's... It's a three-way toss-up between Bellamy, mm-hmm. Murphy, and mm-hmm. Bellamy and Murphy. Oh, the the rare Murphy-me. Yeah, um, that we haven't really seen since season one. I know, right? Like, I guess we, there's what a good, if hmm? what if they just both go out? Like, what if Murphy goes out saving Bellamy? I feel like it's gonna be. He's definitely gonna have a death like that. But I think it'll be a Mori. Although I guess it would show more growth if it was like more people. Mm. But I think it's going to be, I think they're still going to reveal that a Mori's pregnant. And it's going to be like, like, um, like Hatch was like the, what's it called? Um, the foreshadow that yeah. Murphy's going to do something like that for a Mori. Okay. I, I could, I, Murphy is also my death watch, my number one. I do think that we're going to lose Bellamy as well, whether or not it'll be next week or the week after. Um, but man, they're just, they're really fucking signposting it on Murphy, um, in my opinion. Um, what, he's had more lines than any other character this season. Did you see that list? Yeah. Yeah. On Reddit. He's had more lines. And like this past episode was like every single character being like, I'm really proud of your personal growth, Murphy. Right? I'm like, oh, so... We're going to die then. Cool. Uh, my girlfriend will be inconsolable. She finds him very pretty. She loves him. Um, His eyes are so far apart. 
They're very blue, though, so he's got that going for him. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Shaheen, what about you? Who's on your death death watch next episode, or do you think no one is ever going to die ever again on this show? Oh, jeez. Um, hi, I'm Shaheen. Um, I, um, I love 2020. That's, I guess, my... <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one having a good year. I cannot explain this, but he has had all of the good karma just bottled into one person. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, like, I didn't get the memo, and so it's, yeah. Um, I, or my, what is, my karma didn't get the memo, is right. Um, (laughs) um, what are we talking about? I, I don't know how to play death watch games i how am i supposed to know i i i've been i've been disappointed in this show in that um you know i feel like it's it stopped being high stakes a while ago um you know somewhere around season three you know season four it, it stopped being high stakes in the sense that like none of the major characters have any reasonable chance of dying not only that but they come uh you know they 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 find themselves in these um you know potentially deadly situations and then they get stupid like uh deus ex machina saving and so it's uh it's just uh, yeah but well, he's just- gonna die next episode I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't ask for a dissertation. I'm saying. I, it's, the, what I'm saying is, I I I would have said like someone important, but I've been disappointed in the show. So in that sense, so I I think uh, probably no one major. Um, I mean, yeah. Who else is left? Um, <laughs> well, technically, pretty much all of maybe, our primary um, cast because they name? refuse to kill anyone. Miller. Nate Miller. Miller's gonna die? Maybe. They can't kill Miller. Jordan might die. Probably. Um, I don't know. Someone that we don't care much about. So someone third tier. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so no name. high stakes for you then, <laughs> Shaheen. We're just more of the same, because we lost what was ostensibly a red shirt with lines last episode. Um, oh, right, right, right. I, I almost yeah. forgot who. <laughs> exactly. Um... By last episode, you meant this episode, or? Wait, what? Sorry, you said oh, last episode. Did you mean this episode we were talking about? Yeah, yes. fuck. I, so, quarantine has really messed with my sense of time. Um, especially because we're also kind of recording in between, like, a hiatus, which, kudos to us if we get this out before <laughs> beforehand. Um people won't even know what to do they're it'll be like that that sign that like if you've ever been kidnapped what's one thing that you could say to like your loved ones to like indicate that things are not okay and like it'll be us getting a podcast out before (laughs) possibly on time during a hiatus as opposed to a week after the hiatus has ended and we're like two episodes behind oh my Um, god in my head right now all that's playing is that it's just not realistic gif (laughs) (laughs) it's just not realistic uh all right so um this episode not last episode but whatever this episode that we are talking about today in the middle of a hiatus Mm -hmm. not the day before the new episode airs is the stranger 
directed by Amanda Rowe and written by B.A. Johnson, uh, Blythe Ann, as credited, but she goes by B.A., um, a lovely, lovely person. This was her very, I believe she started out as like a writer's assistant or a PA and like, you know, moved up the chain of command uh, in the 100 writers room and actually got to write her own damn episode. Um, so kudos. Yeah, um, I think she also started her career later. So this is like she's followed her dreams and she wrote an episode and that's like amazing. Yeah, like good like, for her. And, you nice know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into our overall takes, but like, I, you know, I have beef with some of the issues of where the story went, but, like, I can't fault her for that. Like, you know, the week-to-week episode writers, they are not the ones that craft the overall arc of every character. Correct. And so, as if we're just looking at this as, like, a standalone episode, with a few minor quibbles, like, I think she did a great job. Like, there were some, probably some of the best character work, in my opinion, of this season, Happening a little bit late in episode 12, but, you know, what are you going to do? At least, at least we're getting some of them. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I think she did a great fucking job. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's hard for me yeah. to separate the, you know, what's whose fault, but I think that you're right, um, that it's like, the things I'm upset about are like, things that right, individual writers are not at fault with. And so I think she had really good humor timing. Yeah, like it was a surprisingly funny episode. Like, and you know my issue usually with like purposeful shtick, like it doesn't land for me, especially on a show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stuff with like Richard's work as 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 Murphy was fantastic. This episode, like, really really good comic timing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but you know, and 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 other fun news are two giant storylines that we have been like bitching about this whole fucking time have finally converged now whether or not that means i mean i don't know why we had to go back to sanctum god forbid we bring everyone to bardo but whatever um but we like you know we only have four episodes left let's see 13 14 15 four. 16 yeah four episodes left four so to wrap it the fuck up oh my god oh so much wasted time this season it's just um, it's snaked around the toilet bowl so many times. <laughs> and you're like, is it going to go down? Is it going to go down? You had a moment of panic. Am I going to have to get the plunger? Am I going to have to like, it? yeah. It's just like season two would have had us at this point and at an episode. Like at episode four. six. Yeah. 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 Like we wouldn't have even, I mean, same with honestly season three. Like there was a very clear A and a B and there's not an A and a B here. Like the A take took up two thirds, three quarters of the whole fucking season and nobody Seriously. even wanted that A. Like, I mean, imagine if instead um, Hope did not exist, Octavia was back in Sanctum and joined forces with Clark, and it was about finding Bellamy, and we didn't have to have that whole, like, like episodes-long, like, jump forwards. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, my only beef with that proposition is I love Dioza, and I actually really liked the garden. But yeah, other than that, like, I'm willing to take that sacrifice I, because it's episode 12. I, it is episode 12. It, yeah, no, I, I agree that, like, I like, I love her. Um, but that episode forced us to do so many penance episodes of gardening <laughs> and talking People talking to themselves, so... And we're never gonna go back. It's like, I have to, like, give it up just to, like... <laughs> but no, you're so, right. 
I'd, I'd like to, I, you know, I always try to read uh, Selena's reviews um, if I can before we record because she basically, very often we agree on things, except she's far more eloquent and does not make nearly as many dick jokes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I really liked one of her sentences that she said, uh, the 100 season seven episode 12 finds beautiful character moments amidst an increasingly frustrated, frustrating storyline. And I think that that's like a perfect summation of this episode like there were some great character moments ones that we kind of didn't expect to have ones that we might be a little bit peeved despite how good they were happened because you know a it's too late b their characters that we don't really spend that much time with or have given reason to care about as much but it was still very well done so you know like i was saying earlier with with ba writing the episode like she did such a good job with these character moments it is a shame that like this episode happened so late and that this is the storyline that she was tied to Mm -hmm. um because i think i think given what she showed like she's gonna she's gonna be great you know like in wherever whatever show that she ends up um but i've been rambling a bit um shaheen what did you think of this episode because i feel like bubs and i are often on the same page but you are always like people die on this show (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so i agree with most of what what was said i think um i i like the threads coming together um i i felt like that was happening earlier this season and then it didn't happen um <laughs> so finally we're like okay so that's the problem is now we gotta get the flame and shit hit is a shithead um <laughs> so how do we do that um so this whole time we were setting up for that moment um so finally they came to fruition and other things that came together, you know, the characters came together. Bellamy and Clark finally talked and, and, and all of that. Episode 12. Um, <laughs> so I like that. Um, and I like, I mean, it's when you were mentioning the writing, I it was interesting because I realized this is probably why. Um, I felt like the characters felt more natural and like more from our time or something. They felt more intuitive, like the way they talked and behaved and you know um and so yeah i think that is probably the writing um so i i like that it it seemed like things were natural consequences of what had happened prior to that um and you know when you have a lot of crazy things happen it's good to sometimes uh take an episode or two to you know not have anything new crazy new happen um and just let the consequences of the previous crazy things play out. Um, and so I think this was mostly that kind of episode, which I appreciate. Um, the it only person like that I don't understand... Sorry, okay. I was just going to say, the only person I don't understand their behavior of in this episode is Clark. But we'll talk about that. I don't understand what Clark is t- thinking, but we'll get to that later. We often we often don't we don't yeah. often get uh, much insight into Clark, <laughs> which is very um, frustrating as the protagonist. Yes, um, though you know, are we going to argue that she's the protagonist this season? That's kind of oh a separate issue. Um, do you have any thoughts that you want to share on the episode, Bubs? Before we actually get into it, you mean because all I have is makes makes face. face, but with feeling. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I think that you summed it up. I don't think I have anything more to add except that I will because I just talk endlessly um i i did feel things but i think sometimes it was just too caught up just gas (laughs) 
<laughs> makes the face. <laughs> um, it, so, like, I say this later, but I'll say this now. Um, I wanted another Hackledama scene for so long. And it's just, like, it's so disappointing that, like, I finally get something sort of like that. And there's only four episodes to go. Like, why yeah. is this happening now? This shouldn't be happening now. Um, and so there's like, there's so many more moments, like you're saying, to feel emotion in this episode. And so much of it was just like tied to like frustration with the direction of the season. So I didn't really get to stew in that emotion the way that I think it was meant to be experienced. Um, so yeah, it makes poop face with feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think that that's fair. Um, yeah, it's... It's a weird thing to say that, like, this episode surprisingly had some really, really, really great character work, but it's so hard to sort of sit with it and and be really happy about it when you're like, well, the overall rest of – like, it's like the this is fine guy drinking coffee. Yeah. Like, everything is, like, burning around you and you're like, what the fuck? We have four four episodes left and this is – you know, this is where the story has ended up. But, oh, this was – they were actually some pretty nice little scenes. Yeah. It's just hard to feel grateful for them when, like we said, like, there's four episodes left. Yeah. But again, you know, that's not, it's not BA's fault. So I think for us to be like, this was actually really, like, it felt like a hundred episode to your point, Shaheen, where we are getting an episode that is the fallout from the previous episode sort of decision. So like, in, you know, that in and of itself made us feel, oh, look, it's like, it's kind of the show that we remembered. Um, But, you know, like I said, four episodes left. (laughs) Um, Let's start, let's see. Yeah, Let's actually start with Bardo, yeah. I think. Um, where basically, fuck, um, you know, Gabriel flirts with Bellamy. Bellamy has a heart to heart with with Kooky Bill, and then we get a couple of scenes where people are put together, and they kind of finally have you know some sort of amount of reckoning. Whether convenient or not it's enough. pairings, <laughs> yeah, like we we finally got some some paired up, um, and I think. If we had gotten so much more of Bellamy's sort of descent into ascension, I guess is the right word for it. Like, I think that we could have been sold on this storyline, but like one episode for him to see light. And then as it turns out, when he explains what he saw, it was light. Um, It's kind of a hard pill for the audience to swallow, especially when we didn't see anything coming before that it feels very out of character but if we go okay this is the story that they're telling whether or not we agree with it um you know we did get some confrontation with bellamy with the people that you know his friends and family um and then everyone gets well some of the people get whisked off to who knows where what's that his fuck buddy his fuck buddy um yes goddamn sake oh i mean he has several fuck buddies there for being honest i'm first of all Doug. absolutely all of them (laughs) all of them (laughs) including Um, octavia including i mean duh duh there's a reason why levitt looks like him there's a reason why we (laughs) haven't seen levitt and bellamy in the same room (laughs) just saying he wasn't in this episode so (laughs) exactly well anyway fuck all right um bardo so Let's see, where should we start with that? I guess we can start with, with I mean, with Cadigan and, and Bellamy's talk, where, as it turns out, Cadigan is partialist as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, how about that for hypocrites uh, when people are the leaders of a cult? Who could have seen that one coming? Wait, in what way is he partialist? 
Well, because he, like, he doesn't give a fuck about Anders, which, okay, that's fine. Like, he didn't really know him, but he was like, but I do kind of want to know what happened to my daughter mm. and my son. And yeah, I'll let your friends go if you get me the flame so I can, you know, get the key code, but also maybe find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to be what swayed him in that scene. Yeah. You know, because he's like, well, no, it's mm-hmm. supposedly it's broken. Like, so she's not going to tell us where it is. Blah, blah, blah. And, and like, Bellamy's like, but. And it seems like he was testing him, but then. Just ignored that? I couldn't understand. Did, did he just ignore that aspect of it? Well, yeah, what, I mean, the- it's arguable. Uh, it's it's debatable how much of a motivation that was for him. Because the the idea of being able to fix the flame and get the code out of it um, to open the war was already motivation enough. Uh, and then on top of that, he was like, also, you can figure out maybe what happened to your children. Um, but he didn't say yes until he brought up the kid part. Like he was, he was against it until uh, the kid part was brought up. That's not the impression that I got. He was um, when Bellamy said maybe we can fix the the flame. Um, he was a little skeptical, but then he said maybe we can with your technology. And then Karen said, uh, "And you'll lead me to it." Um, and he said, "Yeah." <clears throat> Uh, and, and I will let your friends go. And he said, yeah. And then, uh, he just kind of went on to say, um, oh yeah, my sis, my, my daughter had it. And then my, my son went after it. And I don't know what happened. Uh, so I felt like they had already kind of agreed to that. Um, and that I don't then, remember it happening that way, but yeah, I guess we have different recollections of and yeah. it may be a little left a bit ambiguous, maybe for this very reason. Um, but if yeah, that was how I saw it. I felt like it was uh, like he was already sold, and then mm-hmm. he was like, also, you can figure out what happened to your, to your children. And you could argue that you know you may not care about your children more than other people, and you you will not prioritize their lives over other people. Um, but you might still want to know what happened to them. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of like, you know, when you find out your parents aren't really your parents, uh, you want to know who your actual parents are, even though you're probably not going to have anything in common with them and you're not going to, you know, you may not even want to be friends with them or anything. And you probably don't care about them as much as the people who raised you, but you still want to know what happened and who, where you came from. You, know, you might have stuff in common with them, like... Nature versus nurture. Mm, yeah. Is like, you know, the whole twin experience are very interesting. Like people yeah. getting the same car, having the same job, <laughs> marrying similar people. Like it blows my mind. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, I was just saying. <laughs> you may not care much but, about them, like emotionally. And you may not be yeah. into the same sports or in the same, you know, whatever. They have the similar values or whatever. But anyway. Um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah, might, you could interpret Cadigan's reaction as just, you know, he was already mostly sold on it, 99%, and then he is, he's curious what happened to his... And it's not clear also when they left Earth, um, he, he wasn't preaching impartialism, as far as we know. It seems like that's something that he invented later on. This Bardo. is like a new... I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised because if you're if you're trying to start a cult, if you're trying to control people's minds, 
you have to isolate them. You have to sort of redirect all of their sort of emotions onto yourself or onto the cause because otherwise, you know, it it falls apart because, yeah, you want to save your own, you know, you want to save the people that are closest to you and you have to find a way to make that impulse sort of not to just one person unless it's you, the cult leader. It needs to be, you know, for all mankind, as they say. Um, so, you know, Cadigan's not a dummy. Um, so I wouldn't, yeah. I, I would be... I wouldn't be surprised how that kind of worked out. I'd actually be curious if the prequel, if the grounder prequel, like, yes, we see stuff on the ground, but also it would actually be, if if they do get an, a season order for it, it would be interesting to see how, you know, crazy Bill sort of evolved mm-hmm. um, his beliefs into and was able to convince these people that, like, yeah, human entanglement, except... He didn't do a very good job because basically all that happened is we had, you know, our regular people come to Bardo and each person sort of met someone else and was like, Psst, love is a real thing. Let's be friends. And they're like, what? <laughs> I can I can have emotional entanglements like it's like Bellamy and and Doug and Octavia and Bellamy's son. Love it. And this is the best headcanon I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and whoever the fuck else, I don't even remember. But like. You know, it's it's a thing that that had to be done, but it also doesn't really work very well. Hmm. Like, yeah, I um, I guess I'm a little more positive about Cadigan <laughs> than you guys are. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Well, I, I think I'm, it's... I'm Bellamy. I I drank the Kool Aid. He. <laughs> <laughs> you always do, Shaheen. <laughs> I mean, Did I was also more positive about Ali, remember? So, um, like I said, <laughs> but no. Would I mean, you have been as positive on Ali if it hadn't been Erica, Sarah, though? Uh, debatable, you know. It's, it's like, what if it had been Crazy Bill Cadigan being like, "Yo, take this chip and live forever with me," scruffy guy with long hair? <laughs> like, would you have been? <laughs> um. Because, I mean, Erica Sarah, she's very persuasive. Yeah. Like, no. She could probably get I, me to do yeah. a lot of things. I, impossible to know. But, uh, y- what, what am I talking about? Cadigan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cadigan is, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you could point out aspects of his behavior that are, um, hypocritical. And you can, you, you, you can probably point out um, aspects of his like ideology and theory and whatever. Um, um, what do they call it? The 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 path or whatever is. Uh, you can point out aspects of it that are like self contradictory, you know, um, and paradoxical. But um, I. I mean, first of all, I don't think he's like that big of a hypocrite. Um, like I said, like when this scene, I think he could have been shown to be a much bigger hypocrite than he was. Um, and he also, I, I, I'm also not sure how much of the cultiness is, uh, manufactured by him and how much of it is just how people behave. And he's just kind of resigned to it because like, you know, there, the similar thing that happened on Sanctum where like even when they told them hey this is not a thing people would still believe it um, you know people want something to idolize and pr- 
worship and and to I mean that know. happened on Sanctum like when That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Even when they were like, "Hey, they're not real. The primes aren't real." And they're like, "No, they are." And you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and like <laughs> and he kind of I don't know like this is ambiguous like to what cuz he was like he always says, "We're not a cult and I'm not I don't I don't say I'm god or anything." Um so and he says but everyone kneels to you and says my shepherd no that's not you're just a regular dude huh well he said a regular dude like us every time someone has kneeled to him we've seen him pick them up and tell him to call him bill um so i don't know maybe people if people insist on kneeling to you and you want them to follow you you don't want to you know antagonize or alienate them um but you're like Okay, well, I guess if you guys do it, but, you know, whatever, it's just, we want to have this war, and if you guys want to worship me, that's fine. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting you bring up the kneeling thing, and you actually had a note about this, about Shade Hedda and being yeah. pissed off about that, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're setting up two leaders mm-hmm. um, who both, like, sort of have their own takes on kneeling. Yeah. Um, now, say what you will about them both being two white dudes of a similar age, um, mm-hmm. you know, being the the last, you know, godlike king-like leaders of of humanity. Um, I think that there could have been a I little bit more thought later. put into that. <laughs> I guess they're being villainized, but still. Like, yeah, they're not coming uh, off that well. Great. <laughs> but they're just, they're still seen as men of power that people bow to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of having that done. Yeah, the, but I mean, it's, it's, the feeling is like, um, that, that like, you wish this was over. <laughs> like, there are people who, there are two white dudes that people bow to, and then you're like, God, can we not do this? Like, the, the whole story is like screaming. To stop but the people that. bowing to them are not shown in any better light. Is the problem? Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not we're not like on the side of the rest of the Bardoans. We're not on Bellamy's side, and we are not on um, the Grounders. Like, well, I, I was going to say the Children of Gabriel. They're all gone. Never mind that. Like, we're not There's on one, any of the, the followers' side. Jason's no. mini me is still there. Yes. Like the the yes. noblest character was. Uh, Nelson or um, Sachin, who was executed. Yeah, yeah, bullet yeah. through the brain, just but, like Lincoln, like you do. But you yeah. know, it's through the back, through the front of the head instead of the back of the head. So you uh, know, it's makes a difference. It's very different. Yeah, it's very different. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'd like to move us along into Bardo a little bit further since we got some good sort of character moments. Um. Fuck. Who came for? Was it? Was it? Raven, Echo, and Bellamy first, yes. or was it okay? Let's let's talk about that one. Um, because oh, before we get into that, I just yes. wanted to say the whole little standoff between Bellamy and Gabriel. Where like some people were like, were they flirting? And I thought it's like Gabriel. I thought they were flirting. You well, I thought Gabriel was flirting with Bellamy. <laughs> um, I thought more like he was like giving him shade. And I was like, a, you're also in your like white coat. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? B, like. Did he forget that he murdered a bunch of babies over 25 years? Like, don't It's been a long time. Who can keep track of the number right? of babies that you murder? But, like, don't throw stones from your house of baby corpses. <laughs> I don't Shattered. care how hot the audience thinks you are. I haven't forgotten, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, one other thing, uh, when we were watching, um, my girlfriend was like, God, they couldn't have even tailored Bellamy's jacket. Like she was upset at the way that Bell, um, that Bob's jacket was fitting him. Seriously. Honestly. Um, but yeah, so we got, we got, uh, Raven calling Bellamy out on her shit, on his shit. And then she gets taken to MCAP and then Becco kind of broke up and Bellamy was kind of a dick about it. Um, (laughs) I didn't enjoy that at all. (laughs) <laughs> I did, obviously. Um, I mean, that was it was still hard to watch. And I have to say, like, I you know, you know that I have issues with the acting, um, the echo acting a lot. Um, but I think that this was probably I thought she did great. I thought this was one of the best scenes that I've seen from her. So I thought that she did a nice job. Um I thought that like, yeah, her tones were like on like everything was spot on. So because I'm so mean about when it's not, I just wanted You're being to say very it's important to say when it is good. <laughs> um, no, I think Tasia really nailed sort of – honestly, I feel like in some ways Tasia or Echo, for that matter, was the audience in this case of just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, we have been with you All of them since the really. beginning. We have supported you. We have looked for you. We have made Where is Bellamy Blake posters on Twitter because <laughs> whoever does social media forgot to put you in the poster. Like, what is going on? And, like, Bellamy just being like, I don't know. And the rest of us are like, yeah, we feel pretty fucking betrayed, too. Well, yeah. Although, like, for me, I was just like, I cannot believe the writers did this. I cannot believe that we don't get any Bellamy. And then we, when we finally get him back, like, this is what we this is what we get. Not only that, like... We have, like, bearded, weird-looking Bellamy forever. We all ask, please, please give us regular Bellamy back. He finally comes back, and this is what we get. Like, Yeah, no, this show is a monkey paw of fan wishes. It's just cruel. (laughs) Cruel and unusual punishment. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, so that scene, first, the Raven part, I'm glad Raven got her two cents in, because I think that... Because that's the only sense she's going to get. I feel like that's the last time that they're going to talk. I mean, of course. That's the last. Yeah. That is the last time. Well, no. Because she didn't. She's She ends up with them on Sanctum. So hopefully she'll get to say more. But who knows? Yeah. Really. Who knows? But, um, and this is a relationship that I really wish that they'd kept developing. Because it seemed like at the end of season four, um, Raven they was were going to be, be a good, a good, like, platonic mom and dad exactly they were they were a divorced mom and dad who like stayed together for the kids and turns out they made a really good team yeah and that kind of just like dissolved but we're supposed to believe it still exists (laughs) um but yeah so i can't remember what she said to him but it was hard to see him just send her to the mcap i don't know yeah i mean Shaheen, what did what did you think about that scene? Like, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about these. You you often have an interesting take on how the characters interact with each other. <laughs> um, are we talking specifically about um, Bellamy and Echo talking? Either Bellamy and Echo, or or Bellamy and Raven. Like, basically those those three. Oh, okay. Um. Right. Well, Raven didn't have much to say. <laughs> yeah, just like one line. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Basically summed up as "fuck you, buddy," and then <laughs> yeah. that was it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. The um, I, I I really like Bellamy's questions. What do you do when you believe in something um, with all your heart? The the um, people who love you, people that you love, think is crazy. Um, do you just um, 
do you betray your beliefs or do you betray your loved ones? And, um, you know, if like, if your loved ones were fighting for something that you thought was wrong, you know, um, what would you do? You know, so it's, and, and it's, there's nothing incoherent about what Bellamy is doing. Um, in that, you know, the, the objection that dude, what, what the fuck, like, these are your friends and family and whatever, like, you know, Raven was like so much for family is, well, he doesn't believe in that anymore. So it's, that's not an objection to him. Um, he doesn't believe that you should prioritize random people that you happen to have spent time with over the majority of the human race. Um, and so he, that's how he, who he is now. It's not surprising that this is how he behaves. He's still doing, uh, working really hard to straddle this line of partiality and impartiality. Um, you know, and he's like, I will try to save you guys if it doesn't conflict with my cause. Um, because, you know, still old times and whatnot, but I don't really think you guys are more important than the human race anymore. Um, which I totally sympathize with. So, um, yeah. Would you have been swayed by sort of like, like being of light Groot and you're, you know, some well, sort of long dead right. family member being like, believe in this. And you're like, okay. Right. No. So that's a very good point. I mean, that's a whole separate question of whether Bellamy had good evidence to be convinced. Right. And we had, mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit. Um, I think it was, it wouldn't have been enough for me, but then again, I, I'm saying that never having had a vision or anything like that, you know, there are people who, um, have these sorts of experiences, whether it's, you know, you know, death experience or I don't know, they do DMT or something and they, they come back and they say, I know it sounds crazy, but it felt like a real place that I was. Everything felt real, more real than this world. Um, and you know, I, and I saw people that I knew and I talked to them and, you know, I knew it wasn't a dream, you know, it just didn't feel like a dream, whatever, you know, and, uh, Bellamy wasn't asleep when it happened and, and he had other, you know, things happening to that, to him at the time. So there was, it wasn't like totally crazy, but I, I don't think it was enough. Um, Mm -hmm. like you, I, I agree with you that like we needed more than one episode. I was pleased with what they grapple with it more right you know yeah Yeah, he was just kind of like well fuck the storm is gone i guess i do believe in crazy bill and you're like well like him like his weather does change i don't know if you've experienced this bell but like (laughs) yeah i mean it was weird because he sat down and he was like doing the prayer thing and then he suddenly had the vision he was he wasn't like asleep at any point um and then he opened his eyes um, and the storm was gone. So it wasn't, I'm not sure like how much time had passed or, mm-hmm. you know, like it was raging storm and then suddenly it's gone. I don't know. So, uh, again, I think I was pleased with what they included in that one episode of his journey. Um, I don't think, I, I think they could have done more to, to like, for that aspect of the, the story, that to convince us that Bellamy had good evidence to believe it, even if it's bullshit, even if it's false, and you can have good evidence to believe in something false. Um, you know, most scientific theories are false, but 
we have we have we believe in them because we have good evidence. Um, so if you know, so they could have done more for that aspect. But if, like you were saying, Joe, if we accept that and just say, okay, let's say has had enough evidence to believe this. Um, now does his behavior make sense or not? I feel like it makes sense. Um, if he's had reason to believe this, it's totally consistent, you know, because it's like, well, now I think this thing is more important than any one individual. Uh, and I'm sorry, I, you know, I love you and everything, but you're just one individual. Um, so if you're going to be a dickhead, sorry, I'm just going to let you die. I feel like you're you're a bit more eloquent than Bellamy has been, I think. Because um, I feel like, not to be whatever, if you're trying to, like, convince, if you're like, I know you guys think I'm crazy, but I had this crazy experience, like, maybe rehearse how you're going to sell it to them mm-hmm. a little bit more. Like, so that you're not just like, I don't know, man, I saw my mom and some right. light and, you know, I'm a believer. Like, maybe. Yeah. But that was, like, no. my question. I was like, is that literally what he said to Clark in Octavia? Or is that just, like, an abbreviated and we're meant to, ex- like, we're meant to... Think that right. he explained, he said the whole journey. Because when he got to the, and then the storm was gone. I'm like, what storm? Did you even mention right. the storm before? Do they even know what you're talking about? Like, you sound like a crazy <laughs> ass. Like- and then there was a storm. And then I ate a scorpion. And then there was a beard. And then someone <laughs> fell off a cliff. But then I killed them spooned, because all from it. It wasn't cheating because we were cold. So that didn't count. <laughs> Honestly, it's mostly a blur. <laughs> um... <laughs> But no, it's, yeah, I agree. You didn't do a good job. And, and it did feel like the story was, yeah, he didn't mention anything about the storm. And then he said the storm stuff. So the, were there parts of the story that we just skipped over because we didn't have time? But we should we assume that he told them pretty much everything, you know? Um, I, I mean, I'm happy assuming that. Who cares? Um, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like I'm obviously pissed, and I'm. It's I. I can't just separate. Like I'm just supposed to believe that he like really believes it. Like it's really hard to do that with a character that you really love, and mm. to have to kind of just like dismiss. Like, well, I mean, you know, like <laughs> it's super. Like given what limited amount that we were given, it still, at least to me, does feel very out of character. Now, it has been shown in character that Bellamy does get swayed by, you know, a charismatic, you know, fatherly figure. Like, absolutely. Like, But but to only only when it's to protect all of his people as best he can, and he thinks that he needs to do that. In, we like, just needed more time. We needed we needed more time being sold on this. Yeah, um, but this is like this isn't really for his people. Like this is, it just like it doesn't. But that's make not sense what he believes anymore. He doesn't believe in my exactly, people. and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, like I mean, he's again. It's, it's, I agree with you. It's one thing to say we weren't given enough time for him to evolve, but. Surely, a character evolving is not the same as outing, acting out of character. Um, but I believe in like, my people, your people, and he doesn't anymore. But so. like he, no, but he hasn't for a long time. But he still like the people he holds near and dear. Like that's been his driving force since day one. And yes, he's expanded it, and he's learned to like see the bigger picture to an extent but that's still like his priority is always going to be like love and the people he loves and so it from that 
perspective. Like by removing what he holds dear, it just, the character doesn't exist anymore. Mm. It just doesn't. Like this is, it was, I think it's the wrong decision to make this Bellamy's arc. <laughs> um, well, especially as the lead character in the final season, there's four episodes left, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's just like, and, and this is like not, again, not a criticism to BA. I think if anything, she did her best to try to put him in a better light in, in that, mm-hmm. like try to get people to understand that like he really believes it. So it, it kind of felt like she cared and maybe Jason didn't care. <laughs> Well, it's kind of we're, we're we're we have to figure out where where this is going. And basically, like we have two options with Bellamy. Number one, he's a true believer and he dies for the cause, in which case we are super unsatisfied with that because we don't believe it with him. And yeah. like they absolutely this is a story. This is a character turn that could have been sold to us in such a way of like Bellamy has always, you know, done for his people and the people that he loves, but like he had a transformative moment and he believes that it is his duty now to protect all people. And that's what he's going to do. Like, fine, sell me on that, but we haven't done that. So whatever, he's going to die for the cause that none of us buy into either. And it's just character assassination. It's just character assassinating that way. Or he flips back and does something self-sacrificing to save the people he loves, as in, you know, the smaller core that we know. In which case, this whole fucking turn was a waste of the three episodes that we got Bob for. Either way. Either way. Either way, I don't, I have no idea how they could wrap this up in a satisfactory way. I, I think I've just accepted that it's, I'm like about to cry. This is so like pathetic. <laughs> how drunk are you? <laughs> um, yeah, I just accepted it. It's just not how about, going well. How about I move us along into Hope and Jordan? Because, hey, look, Jordan got more than three lines. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, Shaheen, you actually have a nice little note. Jordan has had very few lines this season, but I like all of them. Exclamation point. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your love of Jordan. <laughs> well, he said that thing about, ladies and gentlemen, Clark Griffin has left the planet. <clears throat> I thought that was funny. Um, because, like, <laughs> it is an event because, like, you can now breathe and there, you can make, you can be sure there's not going to be, like, genocide or anything for a while uh, <laughs> until Shade Hitta takes over. Um and so but yeah and then he did the thing he cracked the Bardoan code which by the way like do they know about that did he tell them about that like yeah I don't think that anyone else knows and I don't know if he told literally anyone else except Nyla who was like where the fuck is Nyla so mm. yeah right. what happened to I Nyla? forgot about her and yeah so like if the, I feel like he should share that with Bill and be just be like Maybe it's not true. Just something to think about, you know. Just want to put this out there. <laughs> get it on your plate. You seem to be the guy in charge. I feel like this is relevant yeah. to your interests. You <laughs> seem to have, you know, interest in science. And you say you're a scientist. So here's the hypothesis. Maybe consider it. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, what was I saying? Yeah, and then the, the, he did a really good job with um, consoling Hope. And, um, I mean, he was spot on when he said that, um, what's his name or her name? Um, Dioza, uh, Jordan said that Dioza sacrificed herself not to save Hope's life, but to save her soul. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's spot on. That's exactly right. And I'm surprised that Hope didn't pick up on that already because... 
<laughs> Dioza literally said, don't waste this one, little one. Be better than me. Um, so waste what? Like, you know, obviously she means I sacrificed myself. Don't let, let her go to waste. So don't be a terrorist like I was. Um, <laughs> I think that there's an immaturity about hope that we kind of overlook because, you know, she's this badass warrior, like, she's been training her whole fucking life to, like, kill people and whatnot. Um, but she's and really I think, deep down I think in a lot a of ways, girl. yeah, like, she is emotionally fucking stunted. And, like, much like Octavia, where, like, I was super frustrated with Octavia for many, many seasons, being like, oh my God, get your fucking shit together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, forgetting that she's a homeschooled weirdo. Like, who never interacted with anyone. And so, okay, like, maybe, you know, she is perhaps not as, I don't want to say smart, but, like, thoughtful in a lot of ways, yeah. as opposed to, like, reactive. And versus someone like Jordan, who had nothing to really rebel or react against. Like, he just kind of chilled on a spaceship the whole <laughs> life growing up. And probably, like, you know, Monty was, you know, probably not super eruptive either. And so, you know, it was it was a super... We can talk about, you know, whether or not Hope took a lot of what screen time that Jordan, you know, like you already had a kid that you could have put a lot of storyline onto. Or Maddie. Or Maddie, whatever. But like, (laughs) you know, hey, we got we got some stuff from Jordan and it was kind of good work because, yeah, they did have similar lives in a lot of ways. And I did like the little callback of being like, we grew up hearing about all of these people, but Mm. they're not our friends. Mm. like. That was kind of nice and heartbreaking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like characters from bedtime stories. Yeah. That, really that you happen to get to meet, but yeah. like Yeah. Um so yeah, that was that was some nice scene work. Do you guys have anything else on that one before I move us into the big one? Um, I thought it was nice at the same time, like I, I like I it's hard to care because we've gotten so few character moments that like if it's not between the ones that we've been like starved for on-screen interactions. Like, it's kind of like, okay, great, next. <laughs> but it was nice. Like, if I put all of that aside, it was a nice scene. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe not in the in the umpteenth episode right before we're done. Like, yeah, could have had some other stuff, but, like, good. It was good. It was a good <laughs> scene. Um, but speaking of scenes, like my segue, that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Let's get into the ship. What what is the triptych? The triad ship name, Bubs. Belta- what? Bellamy, Clark, and Octavia. What what do we call that? Belarctavia. Belarctavia. There we go. Sorry, my bad. I've never shipped any of that <laughs> at all together. So you know, thank you, thank you for your service. Um, but before Bellamy walks in, before he you know sausage fests it up, um, Clark and Octavia have a moment together, and it's kind of good. It's kind of good, except for when she goes, when she laughs and Clark's like, what are you laughing at? It doesn't seem like there's anything to laugh at. And she's like, I'm laughing because I finally, I thought she was going to say, because I finally am on screen with you for the first time in the year. <laughs> um, for, I, for like, seriously, for a second, I thought that that's what they were going to say. Um, and that was funny to me. But other than that. Other than that. Oh, yeah. They, so they understand each other, which I guess. Which. Like, fucking finally. We've been waiting. Yeah. And again, um, it's kind of a shame that, like, by now, we're not going to get them working together because Octavia's finally matured to a point where she can, like, 
really under and Octavia is someone who needs to be able to understand and empathize before she can like work with them if that makes sense versus Clark who's a little a little bit more abstract um but yeah we finally got a nice scene with them together and then Belle shows up and both of them are like fuck you you fucking psycho um I'm paraphrasing <laughs> I um, do not like the whole thing about I understand you no. wait what I do not like Octavia's thing about I understand you now. Um, oh, explain. Yeah, what's what's up with that? Oh, God, I have so many reasons to not like that. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare that Shaheen has like a legitimate like anger rant. So I'm excited. I'm buckling in. I'm sitting back and <laughs> drinking my water. What's up? So first of all, when Octavia said, oh, I finally understand you. I thought she was going to say something more significant, like, oh, I understand why you did Ton DC and Mount Weather, or whatever. I understand your leadership style now and why you killed all those people or something like that. Um, that's something that Octavia has been struggling with all throughout the show, understanding Clark's position. And like she always we always you know said, like, it's easy for her to say because she stands back and criticizes the people who are leading but uh she's always you know had questions about that and uh we've never really seen octavia question clark's motherly love um i guess like sure octavia like clark did clark um sort of ruined octavia's plans for the bunker um you know, Blood Reyna's plans for the bunker by, because she cared about Maddie, but we never, Octavia never said like that she didn't understand that decision from that point of view. Of course she didn't like it, but she understands, we never saw her saying like, I don't understand why anyone would do this for their kid. Really? That she didn't understand that? Um, like, and, and now she understands it because she raised someone else's kid. Like the, she was raised by her brother, and like that she she understands family ties. I, I I don't get what she's suddenly understanding now, and I really don't like again the show glorifying these sorts of things. Like oh yeah, I understand that you, you know, potentially put the entire human race at risk. Because of one person, I get it now. No, you shouldn't be getting that. That's not something to understand. That's a stupid thing to do. Um, so it's not something to sympathize with. Um, this piece pisses me off. This is why I'm on Cadigan's side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> celebrating that you put the human race at risk because you loved someone is not a good thing. It's not something to be celebrated. That's the stupid thing to do. At, at best, it's something you should feel extremely guilty about and feel like, okay, I just couldn't help my instincts. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed that I feel this way, but this is how I felt. And I had to save this person. It's not something to be proud of. Um, so I just don't like it on so many levels. I mean, that is true that she never really questioned Clark's feelings towards Maddie. Um, it was always more about Clark being too big picture, which is kind of like more, well, 
Sorry, I'm just thinking of like Tanji seeing how it fits into it because it's like at the same she's like more big picture in that she wants more people to survive, but then at the same time she does have moments where it's she picks her people, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess you're right. Although I did feel I still felt their connection was authentic and it did feel that they were closer in a way that was realistic. Mm. But I do think I would have preferred it to be about um, Octavia understanding. And this is really the realization that should have come in season five. Mm. Um, And I'm not sure why we didn't get that. But Oh, Octavia realizing like now that she's head bitch in charge, like it fucking sucks. Yeah. Like why, why was that like never... Did that seriously never get like brought up in that season? I think I think that is part of the frustration with Octavia that I mentioned before is that like she is not great at sort of connecting a lot of dots together. Like she's very impulsive or was. Like again, like I liked her, her conversation with Clark and being like, you know, I was on penance, you know, we called it Skyring, um, <laughs> for 10 years. And her saying like 10 good years, like I felt the weight of that line because it meant, you know, given all of the stuff that they've experienced together and that Clark even, you know, talks about with Bellamy, just, you know, yeah, we've seen some crazy shit. Um, You know, 10 good years meant 10 years of peace, 10 years Mm -hmm. of hanging out with Dioza, obviously fucking, raising hope together, you know, the... So you really, you, you really felt that. But yeah, to your point, Bubs, like, I think that the whole thing with her not sort of Going, oh, wow, this is really similar now that I'm Blood Reina in charge of people. Um, guess Clark had it kind of hard. Um, it doesn't... Makes sense. She, she's not great at abstracting and sort of like connecting those dots. Um, I think that she needed yet another sort of way of living to sort of show her how to sit back and think. Because, you know, she had 10 years to kind of go through stuff. And I think that she much like Clark's grief, put off any sort of, like, thought like that until, you know, and except during those 10 years when she was finally like, oh. But yeah, <laughs> to your point, Shaheen, it shouldn't have anything to do with her having a daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, I mean, those 10 years, <laughs> it does feel like Octavia, you know, has been really healed by the ten, those 10 years of peace. Like, her PTSD is gone. Um, she's kind of been able to chill out for a while. Um, and mature. I think that she definitely matured a lot. Yeah. I mean, at this point, she's what, like a 30-year-old? Over a 30-year-old? I mean, is she the big sister now? Yeah, I mean, technically, she's going to be the eldest. But, like, she also doesn't really look that much like she aged, but... Okay, this was, this was my, um, I was... Like, did you not actually age on Skyring? Like, I'm very confused. No, that was, like, my thing, um, obviously, apart from Hope... But, like, all the women who aged, like, five years, five like, ten years. they didn't, like, really change the way they looked. But Bellamy had to get an ugly-ass beard to show time. Like, <laughs> why does that make sense? Like, it doesn't. The air is it's just, just It's really a little bit sexist that women can't, they can't age, but the men are supposed to. Isn't it's that just weird? air is really good on Skyrim. It's got a lot of antioxidants. <laughs> okay, Sure. <laughs> All right, so Bellamy comes in. I was and... also sorry. I also wanted oh, to say, um, it also Octavia saying, "I understand you, Clark. Uh, I finally understand you." It kind of um, um, overshadows her whole thing about understanding Bellamy. You know, she wrote that whole article. Article. 
that whole the whole letter um mm-hmm. to Bellamy, you know, it was like I just wanted to and and you know, she was trying to get into the anomaly for like 5 years and you know, finally she admitted that the reason she wanted to do that was to tell to tell Bellamy that she finally understands um his behavior because you know he was he did a lot of stuff taking care of her um and so she i guess she now understands whatever right so that like i that never got a resolution like you know she went through all this she went through hell to find bellamy to tell him that she finally understands him and then the she sees him for two seconds and he explodes and then, uh, and then this, this is the next time they're seeing each other. And I was expecting her to, to say that to Bellamy, you know, to like stop her, him maybe in the middle of everything, like take the side to take Clark to MCAT and whatever, and just like stop him and be like, I just wanted to tell you, I finally understand or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. so it just, yeah. It's, it's just no closure or catharsis, no. just conflict. Which is really so, frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating. Yeah, and it was. I was more frustrated because then she said that to Clark. It would kind of ruin the whole thing with Bill. <laughs> well, what like, that was a there? nice thing that she had. That she finally felt like she understood Bellamy, and then this uh, kind of stole the thunder. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's also kind of you know she thought she understood Bellamy, and now who the fuck is this pod person? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, I finally understood you. We were on the same page, and now you're a crazy person. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Um, Anyway, so Bellamy walks in, and Clark and Octavia are on the same side for fucking once, um, which is something. And we get a little meta line about Clark saying, yeah, we've we've seen some crazy stuff. How about that? And then uh, we take... Well, no, Bellamy explains that he saw some light and he can't explain anything, but they've got to trust him. And P.S. takes Clark to MCAP. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Bob's my question your... is about Clark. Oh, go ahead. Clark. Uh, I don't understand mm-hmm. Clark. So. Yeah, you had beef. Yeah. So Bellamy made a good argument because he was like, look. It's a great were, argument. You were going to pretend give him the flame. So let's just give him the flame anyway. Like, he's gonna... It's the same deal. It's the same fucking deal you made before, except we'll just give him the flame for real. And Clark, it just seems like she's just resentful, and she's just, like, being petulant. She's like, no, I'm not helping Cadigan. Yeah. Even, you know, like, why? Who cares? And then she goes to MCAT and tortures herself, and then... You know, she doesn't get any new information, zero new information. Cadigan just says, all right, well, plan B, we'll execute them. And now all of a sudden Clark is like, oh, no, wait, I'll tell you where it is. Well, this is the same thing that Bellamy told you. He came in the room and he was like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Either tell us or they'll execute. And she knew that. So what what changed? I don't understand. No, it's totally true. And it's like the other thing is like, A, Bellamy made a great argument, um, and it was heartbreaking in the sense that you're just like, for me, the part that made it like Hakodama is because the same thing with Hakodama, I went into it so pissed off at Bellamy, and then he right. said what he said, and I'm like, wait a minute, and then I was immediately like pissed off at Clark, and like not to say I was completely just pissed off at Clark right away, like it took me some time thinking about it, but I'm like, what does Clark really have against Cadigan? 
Like, mm. what is it she really has? Like, what does she know about him? How many times in the past has she um, met with another leader in compromise and try to figure out, like, what's the best course of action to mm. save the most people possible, right? So she doesn't want to fuck Cadigan, and I think that that's probably the main issue. Because <laughs> um, she, she certainly wanted to fuck Lexica. Definitely was kind of maybe into Rowan. Um, we all know that she and Octavia have a little something something. Dioza was making sex face at everyone. So, like, I think that the real issue here is that, like, there's no desire to bang Cadigan. I think that that's the only thread that I can think of. So what we're saying there's no reason. Like, yeah. She, Wait, what? It, if she wants oh, him to yeah, die. Oh, yeah, no, she, she wants him to die. Clark has Clark has not taken a good inventory of the rest of her life because yeah, like if we want Cadigan to die, like she's just got to turn on the flirt charm and Seriously. you know the problem will take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, but like so, it's like okay. Imagine if your Do you friend we're get angry, angry responses to this. Yeah, um, imagine if your um, your friend's having a really hard time and they're like, "I need you to give me your Tamagotchi from third grade and." I like then no one dies. I'd be like, okay, let me go get the Tamagotchi. But it how- hasn't turned on since 1997. Yeah, whose and- mom hasn't thrown away their Tamagotchi already? Well, but like it's like the same thing. It's like it doesn't matter. Just give them the freaking thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you don't think it's real, then why does it matter? Why is this? Yeah, I guess like, standoff. That's it a really make good sense. point because. If you think it's bullshit, fine. Here's the fucking flame. It's broken, but best of luck. Like, what is, what is the harm? Exactly. So this whole, it's just like manufactured conflict. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, AI, most of which was degraded and lost. So here you go. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, here's the broken, it's gonna need new batteries, best of luck. Like, what does it matter? Like, because all she wants is to get back to, what, Sanctum? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what Clark's goal is at this point, because yeah. Bellamy's alive, so at this point it's just kind of like, alright, well, I guess we go live with, you know, shit Hedda and... Cool. And why does anyone want to go back to Sanctum? I still Seriously. Why does like, any of this the... have to happen? Why doesn't Did you see the bathrooms like... on Bardo? Like, I would not leave. Right? Like, fine. If they're going to fight the last war, cool. Can we hang out on Bardo? Like, it's going to be empty, right? Like, do you get, do you mind? Seriously. Like. That's the other thing I, I don't understand. This is a paradox in Cadigan's business. Is what is the deal with executing people if you're going to transcend anyway? And, like, he was saying that, like, we're going to transcend. And even if you don't help us, we'll save you, too. Because everyone's going to transcend and you will automatically be saved. So what is your problem? Why do you want to execute anyone? Just like leave them there and then go transcend and they'll be saved. So Right? Like what kind of a cult leader is like, again, he is shit had a join or die. And you're kind of like, but it's, but it's also like, fine, if they won't join, we'll save them anyway. And it's like, well, that's not what you said at first. <laughs> it doesn't that's, make sense. None of it makes me goddamn sense. Like on the one hand, it seems like. He doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything. He just wants this war. Um, and the end of, you know, the last war or whatever, the end of all wars. Um, on the other hand, like, he... I mean, it's not like they they have, like, a rigorous penal system either. Like, it's not like they have rules that 
strictly, you know, dictate, okay, you killed someone, this is what's going to happen to you. We've never, I mean, haven't seen any evidence of that. It just seems like they... Well, and why are they going to kill all of them? Yeah. Like, Echo's the one who fucked up. Like, why would Clark and and Jordan and Nyla even, and Miller, I forgot about Miller because we haven't seen him in two episodes. Like, why would they even be lumped into that? You know, like, it's one thing to, like, punish Echo, punish Hope, punish Octavia, but, like, why are you drinking? Why are you dragging in the? Uh, it doesn't yeah. make. Yeah. It, it, well, okay. No. Somebody on Reddit did point out that um, to get to Sanctum, they did kill some of the Bardoans. But at the same time, it's like I think it's different. A um, being a defensive act, which is like they have these strange people come and demand that they go there. Of course, they're like not going to be like okay. Um, yeah. Versus what Echo did was she tried to kill their entire population. For revenge of what one person did. Um, and that doesn't make any sense. And her being alive still doesn't make any sense. But whatever. Yeah, and, and same with Hope. Hope tried to do the same thing. And uh, I mean, it, it's also like, well, yeah, they killed your disciples. But to be fair, your disciples are kind of aggressive. Like they <laughs> they come in and they, they look really scary. And they, they yell at you and they arrest you. And, you know... And they're yeah, invisible they, sometimes. Yeah, they were confused. They didn't know what was going on. So yeah, they killed some. But you know, Sometimes. you don't have a good approach, man. Like it's <laughs> they weren't exactly that forthcoming. Like there's fucking Bardo bees, invisible people coming in and snatching up your friends. Like you're gonna like be a little wary. Like they didn't come up and be like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry. So here's what's happening. Like, no one shares any information. Yeah. yeah. And my mom always taught me that when you go to someone else's house, you bring a gift. Honestly. They like, where's a bottle gifts. of wine, some flowers? <laughs> Those are the rules. You take chocolate, them out to dinner at the very least if you're... Or something. Well, if you're going to stay at someone's house, like, if you're, like, staying with a friend for a couple nights, you take them out to dinner once. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Like, show some fucking manners. Um, anyway, do we have anything else that we want to say about the Balarctavia scene before we go to Cadigan's, I don't know if betrayal is the word, but... I had a few things. Hold on. Um, no, please, please. You're the, you're the expert. Oh, um, well, this is just the Octavia's line where she's like, did he tell you what happens if we lose? We turn into crystals. And it's just like that line by itself. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that needs to be uttered in yeah. this show. It's just ridiculous. Like, did you did he tell you? Um, and so the other thing was, um, so, yeah, like Octavia says from the get go, did he tell you what happens um, if we lose? We turn into crystals. And then later... Bellamy goes, um, there is so much more at stake here than you know. What does he mean by that? Like, apart from that they turn into crystals, what is at stake? Like, I, to me, it doesn't seem like anything is at stake. Let's just not take the test. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so when he's saying, like, so much more than you know, like, what can that possibly mean? Is it just some throwaway line? I didn't understand that at all. Right, yeah, like we need I, again. We need more context because otherwise, like to your option of let's just not take the test. This is like that time in it when I had like graduated college. My dad kept being like, 
So uh, when are you going to take the uh, when are you going to take the test to get to you know go to business school or when are you going to take the the LSATs or you know what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I just kept like rescheduling the LSAT again and again and again. And finally, I sat for it and didn't study for it, which obviously I didn't do very well. I'm not a fucking attorney, and I never wanted to take the test, so I just really kind of didn't. And then when I did, I half-assed it. So it would have been better if I just hadn't taken it at all, and I would still be at the same point in my life. With but I would at least have had that four hours of my life back. And how expensive is it? It's not free. I will tell you that. <laughs> so I'm guessing you didn't get a 179 like Elle Woods. I did not. I did not. Um, Elle Woods is a far better attorney than I could have ever hoped to be. She's, a, <laughs> she's great. Yeah. Aren't they yeah, making I, another sequel? Did I, I have no that? idea. I don't, I don't follow the uh, <sighs> Legally Blonde name. super close. <laughs> um, so speaking of not taking the test, I was thinking about this too. So, um, first of all, like, you know, when, when the government, like the EPA wants to do something, they have to do a cost benefit analysis, right? And so you, you look at, and what you do when you do a cost benefit analysis is you look at the probability of each option or, or, um, well, you look at each course of action and for each course of action, you look at the probability of each outcome for that course of action good and bad outcomes out you can imagine and then you assign um utility to each outcome so you you say okay i like this outcome this much i like this outcome that much you know uh and then you multiply the probability by the utility and sum them up and that's called the expected utility of that course of action so let's say you know if you want it like for climate change right so you can have like a policy of uh, like instituting a certain amount of tax on uh, carbon. And so you can say, okay, so the benefits of this are this and this and this, you know, prevents climate change and this, you know, all this stuff that comes with it. The harms of it are, you know, it slows down the economy, it hurts certain businesses, people lose jobs, etc. So we add them up and we see which is more. Does the harm outweigh the benefit and it's all uncertain so you have to use probabilities right so you're like there's this much probability that this will happen and etc um if you do that for this last war i'm not sure which way it comes out like <laughs> it's like okay i mean i don't know if they worked out the chances of them winning and losing but like you can sort of it's you can think of like the the cost of losing so it's cost benefit right the cost of losing is immense, right? It's like everyone dies, um, mm-hmm. turns into crystal. Um, and of course, you know, the, the benefit of winning is also sounds great, although it's we don't quite know what it is. So we know there's another element, which is like we know what, for sure what happens when you lose. We don't know what happens quite exactly when you win. We just kind of have this mystical idea about it. Um, and so if you add all of that up, I'm not sure that's the right course of action to take the test. You know, it's <laughs> right? like, yeah, there's sure there's a lot at stake and that's maybe a reason to not take the test. Cause if we don't take the test, let's do the cost benefit analysis for that. Um, first of all, at this point, how many homo sapiens are left anyway? Like there's not... <laughs> It feels like there's like maybe less than. It seems a thousand. kind of risky. 
seems a little risky. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, like, war between who? There isn't that many people left to have, like, real wars anymore. They can, like, kill each other and stuff. There's gonna be At murder. best, it's a skirmish. Yeah. There's, like, what kind of war are you talking about? There aren't that many people anymore. This is, like, outdated ideology. This is for back when we lived on Earth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's not relevant anymore, dude. There's like 50 of us. So let's... <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 confusing. Um, I'm not sure this makes sense to do the test. But I mean, they seem... Like Bellamy was like, we won't lose. It's good to have confidence when you're going into battle, but... <laughs> you but perhaps not... it's a little misplaced. <laughs> you should have realistic... A realistic estimate of your chances, you know. So. Well, especially considering that Octavia, etc., the the most badass women in the universe, um, clearly showed that Bardoan security forces uh, are kind of shit at hand to hand combat. Like, unless they have their invisibility suits, they're not that good at fighting. Yeah, seriously, and obviously they got that technology from the population that lost already. The OG Bardoans. So, so, how does that make any sense? It's Listen, not, I don't know. Not a benefit. I don't know. I'm moving us along. Where where did where did Bill send the warriors? Did they go to Earth? Did they go to a, another well, planet that we haven't been the to? The obvious answer would be Etheria. If they oh, I thought Skyring. Well, well, but then they would age. Super. That would be I mean, that penance. would be. And so they they promised not to send them to Penance. Yeah, because you age rapidly. So if Octavia probably... wasn't with them, I would be fine with them going to Skyring. <laughs> Um, what's, just what's Nyla and and Miller and who else was there? Hope and Echo. Yeah, they're just gonna like live out their days on Sky. I mean, no, yeah, not. all right. It could be worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd feel bad for Miller just because. Oh well, no, because uh, Jordan would be there. Maybe Jordan's a little gay. I believe it. Looks yeah, gay. he's sensitive. He's open minded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? The um. Yeah, I haven't looked at the official timeline. I know that someone um, one of has the, updated that. Right, one of the fans keeps track of these. Uh, and I was also curious um, what they think about that paradox that we mentioned about when Hope made it back to uh, uh, Sanctum. It didn't seem like a much much time had, pat, had passed compared to... Uh, um compared to Octavia. Anyway, um but well I haven't looked at the like time differential between Bardo and uh Etheria, but it seems like they're pretty similar because when if you remember when um uh, Bellamy and um Ginger um what's his name? Doucette Duchesse Doug um Doug Doug when they came back came from Etheria and jumped into Bardo they there was a delay, like Doucette jumped a few seconds earlier. Um and they arrived around the same time. Like here Bellamy or sorry, Bellamy jumped a few seconds later and he arrived at around the same time. Um it seemed like immediately after. So it seems like at least it's not a huge time differential. Like a few seconds is not a few months the way that it is on Skyrim, you know. But I think like I still think are we not supposed to believe that um, Etheria is slower? And if so, because Bellamy was there for months, right? 
And if so, yes. um, I mean, based on the the hair, um, it means it was slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in which case, why didn't he lose his memories? And is it all a simulation, like some people think? Oh, that that mm-hmm. Etheria was a simulation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty fucking effective. Yeah, like, I mean, like how how would any of that stuff happen? Like, I I feel like it has to be a simulation, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like they want us to believe it's real, but like believe believe or it's like a twist i don't know well odds are we won't get any fucking answers about it so take <laughs> well, no that's a really good that. point because the rule was when you go from a planet that goes slower to a planet that goes faster um you'll lose your memories right yes mm-hmm. unless i guess maybe unless you have it, the helmet the time dilation doesn't matter as much. I don't fucking know. I wish I wish I had some fucking answers. Maybe if it's a slow um, difference, a small difference, then you, you don't need much. I mean, Bellamy does maybe. seem a little hazy on the details, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know, I saw a light. All right. Oh, my mom was there, and... Mom was there, and still thinks. I mean, I still can't get over the way that he's like my shepherd. That's not Bellamy. Like, I don't care what you think yeah. he can believe. Like, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I wish you called him Bill. At least after that first time, or just hey, can I talk to you? Like, <laughs> up, sir? It's like up. he's he, he's, he's and also not like wearing the clothes. So. The wearing the clothes is weird. Like, why does that mean he believes? Like, just put on normal clothes. Just be a normal person. Um, all right. Do we have Do we have anything else on Bardo? Like, we kind of know what happens. They get they they are are intellectuals. Uh, wind up on um, on Sanctum. But is there anything else that you guys want to cover on Bardo before we actually? I will talk say. About so my sad, not even enjoyable Bellar crumbs are that um, Bellamy didn't give a shit about what Echo thought of him. Um, he, but he was heartbroken about what Clark thought of him. Like there was tears and like frustration. So anyways, any sad Blark people listening, um, I guess there's that. And I also, I didn't think that Bellamy and Echo broke up, but apparently everyone believes that. Um, I guess in, in rewatching it, I'm like, I guess like it, I can see why people thought, cause like, how could they stay together under these circumstances? So then I guess that makes it a breakup. Um, but I mean, there's so many things that Echo has done and not had to face it in the narrative at all. So I mean, if the worst thing that happens to her is Bellamy's like, well, this is a convenient way for me to express my disinterest in you, I guess I'll take it. They're <laughs> um, on a break. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, on a break. Whatever. Um, yeah, the thing and, is... Sorry, go mm-hmm. Um... And the other thing was when Bellamy turned, he, he was like looking at Clark, he's I'm trying to save you. And then he goes, all, all of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Some little tiny crumb. Um, yeah. But it, like I said, it wasn't really enjoyable apart from what, yeah, whatever. Moving on. What, <laughs> moving on. Uh, what did you have to say, Shaheen? You said that you had I, I was just thinking it was kind of like uh um, Miller and uh, Brian breaking up, right? Um, where we just never saw Brian again. I yeah, thought that was, was more of a clear like, breakup. I thought like, it was just a regular fight, and then he walked away, and they never talked again. Like I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a lesbian, but like <laughs> breakups take hours, <laughs> like sometimes days, and so for them to be like, I, you know, I, 
we just don't see eye to eye. I guess not. All right, deuces. And then like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, dude, I just can't with your with your politics. Bye. God, I kind of, I, I wish I, you know, imagine the days that I would have back in life. <laughs> Man, wistful thinking. Anywho, um, all right. So let's talk about Bardo, if that's all, or not Bardo. Fuck, whatever. Sanctum. Sanctum. I just have one question. Okay. And you know, I, I think you guys might like this question. You know, given how much you hate Cadigan compared to me, um, why doesn't he just go back to Cryo? Like, is so they walk him. Call me like, when you figure this out. Yeah. yeah, it's like, we have the key. Oh, psych, we don't have the key. So it's like, all right, well, then wake me up next time you think we have the key. Um, isn't that wake me up when you That's... actually have the key. Not, you think you have the key, not you might have a wait. <laughs> when somebody has it in their hot little hand, fucking call me. Isn't that the deal? Like, well, how come he's still out? And he's like, I'm going to do something this time. Right? Every time they wake up, they're like, nope, nothing. He's like, all right. I'm go back to sleep. Bye. Maybe, so, yeah. maybe it's a pain in the ass to like. Maybe the preparation, like, maybe what if what if going to cryo is kind of like getting a colonoscopy, and like it's a whole fucking thing, and you got to drink this like barium solution, then you got to like poop your guts out, and then maybe you have to like shave. I don't know. Like, I don't know the whole thing, but maybe like the prep for going into cryo is kind of a pain in the ass, and so they're like, fine, I guess we'll just stay awake and. <laughs> I haven't shit yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, nobody nobody wants to, like, get a colonoscopy. That's my understanding. Um, speaking of colonoscopies, though, talk about a segue. Let's talk about Sanctum. Ah, Satan's rectum. Let's get into ah, exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, um, speaking so, of so getting to one of your favorite topics, Shaheen, um, population. Mm-hmm. Hedda is supposed to be pretty intelligent. Like, they show him playing chess. It's his favorite game. Um, and yet he will just wipe out a third of the last of their whole population. And like, just looking around, it's, it, it was already a sausage fest. And then they got rid of even more women that like, it, like, what is he hoping to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, I get the like kneel or die. Like, I, you know, that, that sounds great. But the real problem is ah, you guys have like. What, 85 people left, give or take? Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's what I'm always railing against. The Like, how, who is he going to rule over? That's the problem with mustache twirling dictators and why I say, like, they're, they don't really exist in the real world because if you were really a murderer like that, like, there would be no one to rule over. So, I mean, sure, there have been, like, murderous leaders, and there still are, um, but they rule over, you know, countries that have, like, tens of millions of people, and they maybe kill, like, um, you know, tens of thousands or, or something, or if, or even if it's, like... Right, like, million. you have to instill fear, mm-hmm. but it's, if there's no yeah. one to be afraid, who's going to make your bone thrown? <laughs> So yeah, like y- you can go ahead and like kill some people off to like make sure that everyone else bows to you. Yeah. Um and I guess like it makes sense that Shitheada would want to kill, you know, anyone who doesn't bow because then, you know, ideas get out and it's dangerous. But but 
like you could just exile them like and hope that maybe some of them come back like i don't know i just feel like mowing them down with a fucking machine gun is a very dramatic <laughs> and b like it really like no no offense at all to adina porter but like she's done having kids like from the looks of it population is not going to go very well yeah um yeah with sanctum i mean maybe biology was not taught in commander school in shithead as i things, doubt anything like, was taught with how <laughs> i mean that's fair other than fighting um rawr, rawr. um so yeah i mean it does it make sense though because like if you think about like you were saying about exile there are so many options you can't first of all like um you can motivate people in ways other than fear so if fear doesn't work you can um keep them and motivate them otherwise um and so like you, you can imprison them and then try to brainwash them for example this is what a lot of dictators do and you know a lot of people just kind of break um lose right like talk to crazy bill he's got it down like he knows how to brainwash people <laughs> yeah and by brainwash i mean like systematically you know like uh there's there are methods that are that have been developed uh, a lot of it by Soviet Russia um, of brainwashing that and you know it's I guess like there's the colloquial use of the word brainwashing which means like to install a certain a specific idea in someone but in this case we're talking about like breaking someone down to the point where they'll say anything you want them to say um, and it involves like some systematic steps of like, you know, depriving them of stimulus and then, you know, the good cop, bad cop. Like that's one of the strategies, good cop, bad cop uh, was discovered as one of the ways to break people. Um, and, you know, and these diff different sorts of things that you can do to mess with them. And it works on some people. I mean, a few years ago, back in 2009, there was um, there were a lot of protests in Iran. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after a, a contested election, and a lot of people were arrested as people, you know, leaders of this these uh, protests, and they some of them within like a week or two, um, they came out. And they seem like completely different people. And, you know, you can say it's out of fear or whatever, but they seem like genuinely changed. Like they continued to say that stuff even after there was no pressure. You know, they just seemed like they had changed. It was like a different person. Um, and so, you know, and we know that like they use some of these tactics. Um, so you can really break someone and like make them think that they're um you know they're at fault for anything you want um and so anyway um yeah there are things that you can do and you know motivate people with rewards and like position and power um you know okay. motivate them with like um charisma motivate them with um superstition there are all sorts of ways um, Shade Hida is awful at all of these except for, <laughs> except for fear and like anything else that he gets is not you know thanks to him like he gets a lot of loyalty because of superstition but that's not because of him that's because someone else created the superstition he's just writing on it um mm -hmm. you know he didn't do anything in creating it or you know 
as far as we know. Um, and then and then it's fear. Other than that, so I don't know. It's, it's yeah. He of, seems pretty. Un- well, the only sophisticated thing was he did like supposedly orchestrate that whole um sequence of events that put him in charge, basically. Um, but apart yes. from that, he's just, yeah, mustache-twirling two-dimensional villain. Yeah, it's 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 disappointing. Like, at least there's sort of some nuance with Bill. Um, at least he's, like, kind of quirky, I guess. Like, Yeah, he's, he's, he's charismatic, at least. Um, whereas, like... And you can kind of see how people fell under his thrall, like mm-hmm. even how frustrated we are with Bellamy falling under it. Like you're kind of like, all right, fucking fine. But like everyone following Shade Hedda is just us going, what the fuck is wrong with the grounders? Why are they so stupid? Yeah. Um, because they have had absolutely no personal growth in God only knows how many seasons. Um, Why did they take them with them and awaken them from cryo? Kind of. Like, I don't mean to be crass, but true. Um, Let's actually talk about the good part about this uh, episode. Um, Mamori. Um, I was also going to, can I also say, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Even in Tropical, you want I don't give a shit. (laughs) About um, Kneel or Die. It's just so disappointing to me as a, or underwhelming as a, you know, um, as a plot point and as a philosophical point and as a just, you know, story-wise or, you know, moral questioning and stuff like that. It's just there's not much there because, sure, if you say to people that, you know, they have two options, um, do X or die, be killed, then they'll a lot of people will do X and that's not... What is there to mine about that? Like, it's, it's, it was a similar thing with the City of Light. Like, it was so much more interesting when they actually convinced people to take the chip. And they said, you know, we have to. But then they break that rule. And then they, you know, start crucifying people. I mean, that's... Yeah, that just makes it... I don't know. Like, no matter what it is. Like, even if Shedheda says, you know... Well, after all of this, like, I'll, you know, instill, I will institute, like, order and, and unity and, you know, we'll then be able to make progress or whatever. Um, it's still, you know, like, you, you could, you, you could have just said that to people, you know, like, well, there's, I don't know, there's just nothing interesting about, Telling people that they're gonna die, um, and then having them like it's not satis it can't even be satisfactory for him, for shit hitta. Um what is so satisfying about that? You know these people mm-hmm. hate your guts. You know the only reason they're doing you're explicitly telling them the only reason they're doing this is because they don't wanna be brutally murdered. So what is uh Do you even enjoy being in power? I don't know. I mean, I think think Shade Hedda himself is not, you know, the typical leader in terms of, like, 
He doesn't want to help anyone. He just wants to be feared. But again, like, he is so mustache twirling that we have no idea what his end game is. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you've killed everyone, and what, you're going to rule over, like, this one little area? Like, yeah. And again, next episode, we're supposed to, I guess, like, the, the, the clip sun poisoning thing comes back, which he doesn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's not even a thing that, like... Yeah. So maybe he dies. I don't I don't fucking know. Like it's just kind of like what is the point? Because he's just trapped there. Like why should we care? Like really they should just grab Murphy and Andra and, and Amori and Maddie and I guess oh yeah, Jackson is there apparently from oh, right. what I recall. Right. right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't been there in what how many episodes? Um Yeah. You know, just like grab them and peace lot. out. Oh, yeah, they mentioned him this episode being like, oh, something about Jackson. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> he was brought up a couple of times. Yeah, it was. Ve- it felt very much like Jackson exists. Jackson exists. Hey, guys, exists. remember him? <laughs> we didn't miss that. What did they say about him? Oh, something about it had to do with. Um, so one time the, they said the Jackson sent mechanics these. garage. Yeah, they said Jackson sent these supplies and he said do this and that and the other thing. He oh, said, like, right, tend right, to right, the right. grossest wounds first and uh, fevers only. Don't give them antibiotics unless they have fevers. And then... But where is The he? other time they said, like, when they, when they knocked, Amori was like, is that Jackson again? So, like, we're meant to believe he keeps coming and going. Like, he's back and forth between the machine shop and whatever he, wherever he lives. But where is he? He's just not in... They blew yeah. their budget. They can only have so many actors in so many episodes. No, that's definitely, that seems to be the case. All these, like, uh, mysterious... But maybe we could prioritize the people who have, you know, been on the show since the beginning. I don't know. I'm just yeah. spitballing here. All right. Um. Anyway, so can we talk about Memori a bit? Sure. Yeah. Yeah? All right. So good scene work. We got some nice work uh, between them. I, I really only had one beef, which was just that, like, maybe now is not the time to be obsessed with banging upstairs. Yeah. Like, I get that, you know, you guys are used to being in the castle, but, like, you know, you guys have been together for several years. I think that you can maybe hold off for five goddamn minutes. Uh, but, yeah. hey, you know, who am I to say about these crazy kids and their libidos? Well, I mean, it just goes to show that, like, they're not both making it out of this. Or else they wouldn't be spending so much time building up the relationship. So Oh yeah, Murphy's a goner. We're yeah, we're getting a tragedy. And because yeah. Murphy's had twice as many lines as a, as a Mori, which kind of like rubs me the wrong way because they've been in almost very similar The exact same amount. scenes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of odd. Um but yeah, so obviously they're dying and they just want to make sure that before that happens it hurts as much as it can, I guess. <laughs> Talk to me about your uh, maternal note here, Bubs. Oh, yeah. On rewatch, it it just very much struck me that Amori has, you know, she went from loner to um, Raven's apprentice to now she's become, like, very maternal. And it's not in a way that's, like, doesn't seem natural to her development. Like, I've always said her development has been very natural. Um but it's kind of like it started as her embracing this like ruler role. Um, and at first I was like, well, it's a little bit weird. But um, I mean, it must be nice for once to be at the top of the food chain. Um, but then I think it just morphed into something more pleasant, which was this like maternal side of her um, that she's 
you know, trying to take care of everybody, trying to like, um, do as much as you can to make things better for other people. So, I mean, it's been nice to watch really and see that side of her. Yeah, I, I agree about both Amori and Murphy that they have had a natural development and it's sort of a counterexample, you know, it's like um, an example of where they did, did it right. Um, you know, they took their time with Murphy, for example, like he, he was a cockroach for a long time and he had many opportunities to be a hero and he didn't, you know, and, and we all enjoyed that. Um, Mm -hmm. we, you know, it was, it was good that he, you know, he wasn't like, he stopped being like a total douchebag, um, Mm -hmm. in season one and he would still like, you know, help if he was around or whatever, but he he wouldn't stick around if things looked like they were getting ugly. <clears throat> Certainly not for some random people. Um, mm-hmm. And over the years, you know, he's come to this point where, like, now he's, like, in charge of hiding these fugitives and, uh, you know, these um, people who are being uh, persecuted. Um, and it feels natural. Like, it feels like... They took their time with him. He's still kind of um, conflicted about it, which is good. And his, um, you know, he, he he was put in circumstances. There's a lot of circumstantial pressure. Like there are things that happened like on Sanctum. He was just thrown into the situation. He had to do a lot of things without wanting to and or for Amori or whatever. And, um, and he just now finds himself in this position um of you know being in charge of some people's lives and people change when you put them in charge of other people's lives um in general when you give people responsibilities they tend to behave differently that's why a lot of times they give you know they make the bully the like the person in the class to like keep keep the kids quiet I and mean, when i was a kid they would do that like the kid that was most likely to be making noise, they would make them in charge of, they would put them in charge of like keeping other people, other kids quiet. And so because they had that responsibility, they would stay quiet themselves. Uh, and they would, they would enjoy that responsibility. <laughs> um, and, and it's also a learning experience because, you know, the, the, it feels like, oh, I can, uh, actually like do something nice and, be rewarded i don't have to always be rewarded for being a douchebag um mm-hmm. so <laughs> um yeah i think that was a good you know slow burn development for murphy and it feels yeah it feels believable and everything mm-hmm. i don't know about him dying i hope that um i hope it's some something more interesting than just oh Amori is gonna burn I'm gonna jump and save her you know something like that um Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it involves Amori and some other people um maybe uh it's something else I mean this season in general like you were saying I don't know how they're gonna wrap this up It, it feels like um really tight walk like it the, all these like with the whole cadigan thing you know 
we talked about this before how like they um it seems like the only satisfactory ending to it would be to find some um ideal balance between uh like partiality and impartiality and be like well here you can actually do both or something like that and i'm not sure how they're going to pull that off um it's a similar thing with murphy is you know his learning to be less partial and care about more than just him and one other person i guess the first part of his journey was to care about one other person other than himself um mm-hmm. and now he's learning to care about the collective of people um and um i lost my train of thought um, <laughs> the, I mean, I hope I hope Murphy gets a good death. Oh, I was saying, right? Sorry, I remember. I was saying that the um, they the, the, and they need to. So he's trying. He's learning to be less partial. But, but they like we need a s- sort of compromise ending, like a a some sort of middle ground or something where he's not totally selfless when he dies, but is also not being a cockroach you know and so it was interesting to see how they can how they pull that off or whether they pull that off um it's actually i'm now realizing the similarities between like murphy and bellamy um in terms of they both are having to navigate this line this thin line between partiality and impartiality um they come except they actually put in the work with murphy this season and Yeah, and both of them, you know, makes you wonder what is the ending going to be. Like, Bellamy is, it would be unsatisfactory if he goes down just, um, like you were saying this before, if he goes down um, just being, you know, a Cadigan follower, and it would be unsatisfactory if he flips back to old Bellamy too. So... There has to be some sort of middle ground between them, and uh, I I don't know what they're building up to. What that middle ground is going to be? I'm, I think I'm they're just going to kill him and have his death be his. What's it called? Redemption. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be something really. That's a fart noise for you. Yeah, no, it's um, not good writing. <laughs> well. Murphy well, is getting some good writing. Like, we got a surprisingly good scene between him and... Fuck, what is her name? Um, Bing Bang? What, what's her name? Bang Bang? I don't know. Bang Bang? That's what we're calling Blonde her? Girl. Blonde, Blonde Girl. Blonde Girl that yes. got braids to not look like Clark. Yes. Um, well, she she just looks like someone from Vikings to me. Um, but yeah, the conversation between Murphy and whatever her name is... Uh, sorry Nikki? About... Nikki, there we go. Oh, right, right, right. Nikki and Paolo, except his name is Hatch. Um, but that was a great little, like, humanizing moment. Like, Murphy just ha- sitting down and not escalating anything and not being super snarky and, like, yeah, they're gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys get anything from that scene, or am I the only one? I thought um, it was nice. Um, yeah. I didn't see yeah, much no, nice. beyond that. Sorry, I'm lowering my my standing desk. I thought I would have have enough time to be on mute, but apparently you guys have nothing to fucking say about it. Oh, well, um, uh, things to say about it. No, no, no. Well, the desk is already lowered, so I don't give a shit. (laughs) It was nice. I guess it just... Did did that go anywhere, or did shit have to interrupt it before it, like, meant anything? 
Um, I think no, I think it like went somewhere. I think I think this will be the moment that I think it'll set up whether or not Nikki in the end joins with Murphy in them. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes down to it, so, like was th- was that going to be enough to like get her to be kind of on their side, or is she just going to be you know fuck that noise? Um, you know, I still hate you. Oh, inter- so I just took it to be all about Murphy and like what I said before about like foreshadowing um, him pulling a hatch because he understood the action so much. Yeah, I mean, there. It, they're gonna kill Murphy. Yeah. Like <laughs> either way. Either way, like he's gonna die. I wouldn't be surprised if it were in some way. It would be super interesting if A, it were to to save a lot of people, not just Amori. Or honestly, like, you know, now that Bellamy Bellamy came back to Sanctum with them too, right? Um was he there? Yes. I think yes. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure at first. I everyone just like assumed it, so I was like well, everyone thinks it, but then when I was rewatching, I'm like, you don't even see his face. You only see Clark's face. Um, but I think this was either something reshot where they didn't have Bellamy. Um, so they have everyone in masks. So if you go by everyone who was in this the room pre-jump, then yes, Bellamy's in there. But you don't see his face or Raven's face. You just see Clark's face. Yeah. So so I wouldn't even be surprised then if if... Murphy sort of pays Bellamy back at some point and saves Bellamy's life. Yeah, I mean... And then Bellamy dies too, or something. Who the fuck knows? Because both of them are pretty high on my death watch. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Murphy sacrifices himself, and he goes back with shit Hedda, and then everyone shows up and we have a comedic moment. Does any, I mean, like, I I don't really know what to talk about with the Sanctum storyline, like, except to say that I guess I'm glad that everyone is together now, maybe sort of minus the people that wherever Bill sent them, but like, at least the storylines have converged. Is there anything that you guys like saw or thought about and were like, this is interesting or I fucking hated this. Cause like, I don't know what to talk about with well, Sanctum. You guys know that I'm exhausted about it. <laughs> okay. Some, some things that cross my mind. Yes, um, please. So you know how like, um, the Nikki bang bang, um, they had to do her hair like that so that she didn't look like Clark. Well, there's okay. like this grounder that looks very much like Bellamy and he also has like braid things. So I'm like, they both gave the people brave things to not look like the lead characters. <laughs> so much like season one with Miller having a hat. Yeah, because they yeah. didn't think they'd be able to tell two black guys apart. <sighs> um, but speaking of race, there was kind of like an uncomfortable um, implications for me in this episode. Okay. Um, they kind of just like piled up and like, I know it was not intentional, but sometimes I feel like the fact that things aren't intentional but still kind of happened is still kind of a problem sometimes, you know? Um, and so, you know, we have we start the whole Sanctum plotline with um, Nelson getting executed and shot in the head. And then um, we see later the, the survivors that Murphy's talking to, and they're, they're these two white guys. Um, and then we see the only survivor of the children of Gabriel, and he's this little white kid who incidentally looks like a baby version of Jason Rothenberg. Um, and then on top of that, like, 
when we when we consider like all the men of color in the show who have not done well, like Lincoln, Pike, Jaha, and Miller is nothing more than like a, a token prop at this point. I mean, even right. the actor has kind of like been frustrated by that. And then Jordan, like we said earlier today, like he had great this great scene, and, and yes, he's had good lines this um, season, which I mean that's lucky for him because he's basically had zero lines. Um, and so I when you kind of like look all at all of that, and so in this episode. Um, we have, like, the little baby Jason survives, and then Maddie's, like, giving him bread, and there's these two little Asian boys sitting next to her, and they reach for the bread, and she, like, swats their hands away to wait for the little white boy to eat the bread first, and then they can have some. And it was just, like, all of that together. I was like, I know none of this is on purpose, but, like, it just feels wrong. The optics are not great. It feels wrong. And, like, on top of that, we have Murphy's basically the lead male character of this season, and Bellamy, who there's not a lot of Asian leads um, on television, and he's just basically been reduced to nothing. And yes, Bob asked for time off, asterisk of untruth. Um, and so I don't know. It just it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, it makes me feel like things weren't really thought through all the way with some of these decisions. I don't know what you okay. guys if you guys have thoughts on that, but um, I I honestly the only thing that I really kind of picked up on was was the Nelson part. Um, though it was confusing. I think Selena called this out that like he was like, "My name is Sachin," and I'm like, yeah. "Wait, wouldn't you shout that? Like, wouldn't it be more sense for you to be called Sachin by Shade Hedda and then be like, "My name is Nelson" because your parents rejected you, like? and yeah. put you out to die like shouldn't you be more into like your chosen name than your given name but never mind that i didn't understand um, that at all either that was weird it was supposed to be like his moment of something but you know again <laughs> another character that i just that i should have been giving shits about in season six and not in season seven but um well yeah i mean, I mean you could see it as he sees such an as a name that was given to him lovingly and Nelson as his sanctum name, like the name that 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 he took on because that society threw him out um, to die. I don't know. So he he associates Sachin with you know his pure self, not the one that was. I guess, but like also his dad was a dick and rejected him again. So I'm just kind of yeah. Like, I think if the dad part didn't happen, then I would feel yeah it could have worked but it didn't really make sense um at least i didn't think it really made a lot of sense (sighs) i wanted to say yeah please (laughs) um i kind of like that i don't know if we're reading too much into this or this has all been well thought out but chess gets referenced a lot and uh we talked about and that episode that was called the queen's gambit Mm-hmm. Um, you and we talked a little bit about how the Queen's Gambit works. So, um, just to recap real quick, um, in the Queen Queen's Gambit is an opening for white where you basically allow black to capture one of your pawns, um, in order to gain control of the center, um, and the the queen pawn, the pawn that's in front of the queen. So that's why it's called the Queen's Gambit. And then there's also the King's Gambit where you sacrifice the pawn in front of the king. Um, so, and so you, you sacrifice the pawn for central, for control of the center. Um, 
And we talked about when this happened, we were like, so is Murphy the pawn? Who's the queen? Is is Amori the queen? We were suspecting that like Amori is the queen, Murphy is the pawn, and how that would work. And it seems like it's all working out this episode. Um, the queen, if you take Amori to be the queen, and Murphy to be her pawn, um, she sends him away as hostage so that uh, she can have control of the uh, the reactor. Um, and it's in the Queen's Gambit, it's often, most of the time, it's a temporary sacrifice. Um, it, you usually get, get the, pound, the pawn back later. Um, so your positional power, your positional advantage, uh, later will convert back into material advantage, usually. Um, so, yeah, so I guess, um, that's, again, checks out, right? So, like, he, she's not sending Murphy to die, she's just sending him temporarily, um, so that she can get, um, she can keep control of the, the nuclear reactor. That would be so lovely if they put that much thought into it. Mm. Um, I don't want you to be disappointed when there's no fucking payoff for this. <laughs> Story of our life with this show. Yeah. Oh my god. It's hard to say things that uh, are thought out and things that are accident. It's, it's especially this season. Like, especially, because I'm sure, like, because this show does know how to craft a story. Yeah. Like, it, they know what... It's the potential is there. It's just like, what the fuck happened this season? So you're kind of like, well, I don't know what had to be fixed. I don't know what's real. Like, yes, that's a lovely, and that would be amazing if that happened, Shaheen. And like, I will give you a cookie, but not as good of a cookie as Bubs could get you from San Diego if that happens. Uh Um, If I knew where to go. Oh my God, just look on Yelp. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Search Google. Oh my god, like, you can probably, like, when I went to San Diego, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting a dispensary. Um, anyway, uh, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about Sanctum? Like, I know I'm kind of, like, moving us through, but I really, I, this storyline is so hard for me. Um, I know, I was, when I tried to, like, watch this episode, it took me, like, three times, because every time I, it, like, started on the Sanctum story, I was just like, I was like, Shh. I was just like oh god, no, I'm gonna go watch another episode of Supernatural. <laughs> So it's, it's just, and the thing is, it's not bad. And like this episode, it really, it wasn't bad. It's just that like, why are we still here? It just feels that yeah. like, and, and like, it's such a funny complaint to have because um, there are times that I wish they would spend more time developing a location and storyline. The issue here is that we, Bonsai, we jumped to Bardo and had all these like mystery and stuff, and that's always been like I always I've always loved the mystery on the show. So to create all yeah. that mystery, intrigue, and all these like interesting elements, and then to half like be still spending half the time in Sanctum where we're like we're past that now, like where there's no splitting, intrigue or anything. You're just like oh my god, like put your dicks it's away. It's just tired of this. seriously the same storyline we've seen on the show like twenty times. You know? Yeah. Um. And so bonsai. No. What is he freaking out about? I don't know. He He's either thirsty, hungry, or has to go to the bathroom, and I'm pretty sure it's hungry, because he's always hungry. Let me, hold on. Hold on. This is how you train a dog to get treats. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. I'm going to hold him, and maybe he'll be better now. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, so from that perspective, it's just like, 
it just feels like we're still somewhere where that we we should not be at all. And again, in the final season, I don't want the characters split up for more than like two episodes at a time. And obviously, that's been a huge problem this season. Um. So yeah, fuck. I think. Fuck I think such a big issue is it seems like they were so happy and excited to get Jr. for another season because he's he's a he's a great and capable actor. Except like, as an audience member for so long, like we don't care about Russell and we really don't care about Shedheta. Like we just don't. And so, you know, this, uh, well, whatever you guys have heard me rant before. Um, unless anyone has anything else, I will actually move us on to well, actually some petty bullshit. Um, yeah, but no, it's just like, we're sitting in the commander plot. Like it was great when Octavia as like a red blood said the time of the commanders is over and we were not going to have people just bending the knee to stuff anymore, even though that didn't end up being the case. But then we're back to the whole commander stuff again. I'm just like, why are we still here? Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, it would have been more interesting if uh, one crew had stayed, like, fanatic about their one crewness more than, like, grounderness. Because yeah. it seemed like that was, yeah, that was the next stage of Like, the- you eat people together, you've gone through some shit. Yeah. yeah, and like Octavia was the one to come back and be like, "My children, what have you done?" <laughs> like, I don't know. And yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they still kept like uh, glorifying Octavia while she was gone and and everything, and uh, and then she comes back and she's like, "What the fuck, guys?" <laughs> yeah, right. Right, like I I want Octavia to come back and just be like. Hey, did did us eating people mean nothing to you? Like I thought that we were tight. Like I thought that like that made us like cannibal brothers and sisters for life. And yet here you are just following some one dude because he's like, P.S. I killed a bunch of your grandparents and parents. Um, you should follow me. By the way, where's Gaia? Who knows? Um, do you guys want to get into well actuallys and petty bullshit? Sure. Um. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Who's who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Um, All right, go for it, Shane. So I had a couple. Okay. Or actually, well, (laughs) so one of them is how does Shade Hitta know how to use a machine gun? Um, Like Indra, it took her a while to even be comfortable picking up a gun. Right. (laughs) <laughs> let alone learn how to use it like the first time she picked it up it was she was holding it like a football and pike was like dude what the fuck are you doing and <laughs> and uh <laughs> so yeah how does she had to know how to use the machine gun and uh what is in the kick like shock him like he's like whoa dude this thing i want to use my sword this thing really kicks <laughs> um yeah I had another yeah. one that, which I guess I said was like, why doesn't Katting go back to cryo? Um, it's, a, I mean, save us all a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, any others? <laughs> um, oh, for Shaheen, I'm waiting. No, I, yeah, I'm, any any more Shaheen? All right, time. Bubs. Oh, I think I sort of said this. No, did I? Um, so. Oh, I said Earth, but I meant um, Sanctum. So. Time doesn't time go slower on Sanctum than Bardo? Um, and if so, how long has Clark been gone? Like a day? But it's been like 
a week on the ground. Like, I don't understand what the rate of transfer is, and I feel like it's not accurate to whatever we were told. But I guess they, I they make it so that's fuzzy fair. So that because they're not math people, <laughs> and for plot reasons, they don't want to be math people. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, based on what um, Levitt said, um, you know, two weeks, there were there two weeks in in Bardo? Um, uh, that didn't come out right. Were they in Bardo for two weeks? Um, Octavia was like an MCAT for two weeks or something. And she let, went back at like a second later, like about the same time. So it's Sanctum goes way, way slower than Bardo. You're right. So um, it shouldn't have been like it should still be around the same time. <laughs> <sighs> It, yeah, nobody wanted to do any fucking math. Um, <laughs> or maybe they just like sat around for, for like a few months just eating sahi bowls and stuff. Right? Like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, but speaking of weird time stuff, uh, mine also has to do with that, which is, so the bone throne, which let me just roll my eyes so fucking hard at that. It's, like, it's just kind of like, you were such a fucking douchebag oh edgelord. Like, really? Like, the, like he's a mall ninja. He's that dude, like, who's walking around with a fucking katana that he got at Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> it's just but it takes, like a sixth grader's dream of what a villain is. Yes. And again, I, like, I, do not, I, I do not pin this on BA at all. No, 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 no. I think this, is, um, this sounds like an ask that was given. Yes, please incorporate the bone throne. <laughs> um, but it takes a really long time to, like, clean flesh and muck off of bones. Like, they specifically use, like, a, a kind of beetle to do it, like, in forensics and things when you need to do... And, like, you put the bone in a box, and maybe they have those magical beetles. Maybe those are the ones that we saw flying out uh, in the first few episodes of, of season six. But... <laughs> Barring that, um, even if they could have done that, like, I'm sure it would take, like, at least a couple of hours, if not a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And then to also engineer and, like, build this throne with, like, you know, perfectly symmetrical, you know, skull orientation. Like, that would take at least, like, several days, if not a week. And, like, it seems like they were, like, built it in the a in an afternoon. Um, so that's my will, actually. <laughs> not just the fact that the throne Bone is fucking Bone Ikea. Stupid. Hmm? <laughs> Are you assuming that the bones, the skulls are for uh, are from the people that shit hit or killed? I mean, where else would they be from? I thought I they were from that room in Sanctum. Right. I was wondering if they just took them from the creepy skeleton. From the room. from the from the past. I mean, but I mean, maybe, but there's still a lot of them. Like there were probably like a hundred in there, like to build the throne. <laughs> And like those are some point of the matter is it would take longer than an afternoon even if the bones were already clean. Even if they were bad IKEA instructions. <laughs> right? And I do a lot of I, I love putting together IKEA. Me furniture. too. It's like logo it's Legos so for grown-ups. <laughs> it's so fun. I put together a bench yesterday and it was it was really fun. Oh my God, uh, right? Yes. Like, just give me a fucking Allen wrench. I don't care. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up with uh, TV shows and movies and things. You actually have something listed, Shane, instead of on watch TV. Um, what's up? So um, we watched A Serious Man, um, Coen Brothers movie uh, from 2009. It's hilarious and it's dark. Um, it's kind of like. So it's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, a um, it's like Fargo on steroids. It's like way more postmodern 
uh, and trippier than Fargo, but um, it's at the same time hilarious and just really engaging characters and quirky personalities and everything. And it really violates a lot of traditional norms of storytelling um, and narrative, you know. Um, and it's great. It's really well done. Um, it's, uh, it's fun times. So watch The Serious Man. Cool. All right. Uh, Bubs? Um, so I recently started watching with my mom, um, the show called The Club, and it's a Mexican show that's about these, um, I think they're like in their young 20s, mid, young to mid 20s. Um, and so the main kid is, you know, he's, from a wealthy family. His dad's like a businessman. So he feels a lot of pressure. He's the oldest kid um, in his family. He feels a lot of pressure to be successful. And so um, it, it starts with like him trying to launch this like dating app. And like you're just cringing through all of it because he's such – he's one of those like douche bros who – like the guy who started Fire Festival – Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's like very, like kind of similar to that. Um, maybe not such an idiot, but close, but close. So, um, anyways, by way of accident at their launch party, um, people start to think that they're drug dealers. <laughs> Um, and so he realizes that, like, that's actually, like, a lucrative business and he can sell to people in, like, his sphere, um, which have money. Um, and so that's kind of the start of it. So him and his friends start, become drug dealers, essentially. And, um, it's very, like, soap opera in, like, the best way. Um, and it's also, like, the characters are likable except the girl has the worst hair I've ever seen and I'm just like why don't they get her a wig and it's like so <laughs> distracting um if anyone watches it they'll know what I mean after like the second episode um but anyways what I love is like how much they love each other and yes the girl and the guy have like some kind of will they won't they but like at the core they still like love each other and um in like a pure way and so it's very cute whenever they have like tough moments and they're, they just like take a moment to just like feel it with each other and it's just it's really sweet um it's really sweet it's about drugs and there's lots of sex and um i have to give it props there was this like guy on guy scene that they totally just like went for it like it, they did not hold back at all um which i know that you talk about show that they do too much on television um i mean go for it right, all right. go for it um and so especially because it's a mexican show so yeah right um so yeah so far i really liked it it's funny it's like um i think it's only 30 minute episodes so it's like really it, there's quite a few episodes in the first season but it's easy to get to, through and so far we're really liking it and we like the characters and if my mom likes something and she's like the pickiest person ever um i think other people would like it too okay that's a good good selling point so the club um, where can one stream it? Netflix. Netflix. All right. Um, I have two quick recommendations um, because we have been marathoning so much TV. Um, number one, Teenage Bounty Hunters. It's on Netflix. The name is terrible, but the show is great. Um, it's about two teenage girls from the Deep South who are like, you know, upper middle class, if not upper class, Christian with a capital C. Um, and they kind of accidentally fall into becoming bounty hunters. Um 
And the show definitely discusses class and privilege and, you know, racial inequality, but also is very fucking funny and sort of zigs where you expect it to zag a lot of times. Um, and yeah, it's it's fucking funny. Like the first few episodes are a little weird and clunky and then they kind of open up the mystery like there's there's some family drama going on um, and the chemistry between the two leads, uh, their sisters, they're they're well, I won't give any anyway spoilers, um, but the, their chemistry together is just so fucking good. Um, it's a it's a it's a really fun, funny show. Um, yeah. And then the other one, which Shaheen, I think you will like very much if you can if you can find some way to watch it. Um, Snowpiercer, which, as some of you may remember, was a t- was a movie uh, starring Chris Evans and um, Tilda Swinton was in it. But this is actually a TV show that takes place like 10 years before the movie. Um, and the premise is of the show or the the, the universe is that. In order to fix global warming, scientists decided to cool the Earth, except, oops-a-doodle, they went way too far, and the whole Earth is frozen, everything is extinct, except there is this train that is um, following a track around the globe, and it cannot stop, and it has the only, like, I think there are, like, 3,000 people on the train. The train is 1,001 cars long, and... um, it starts off with with sort of a murder mystery, um, but but huge implications for class because there's first class, second class, third class, and then the tail, which is comprised of people who like basically like boarded the train as it was leaving and like stowed away on it, and like they are treated like absolute shit, like they don't have reproductive rights, they're like, you know, they get killed, like it's 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 a really good story that way. Um, but David Diggs, um, plays, uh, one of the characters from the tale and Jennifer Connelly plays, um, sort of the head bitch in charge. Um, and she's fucking fantastic on this. Like you guys would really like the show in that despite everyone sort of conflicting with one another, um, you really, really, really see the gray area of everyone's point. Um, which I think on a show, especially where there very well could be clear villains, um, and there are some, obviously, but like for the most part, you really do see you're like, well, they sort of have a point. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, like really good just sci-fi sort of proposition of what do you do if you're in charge of the last three thousand people on Earth? Um, so yeah, highly, highly recommend Snowpiercer. There's one season of it left. Um, I think you can stream it on the TNT app or you know by more nefarious means. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> That sounds great. Um, all right. So next episode, uh, we will probably, depending on Shaheen, Shaheen's nuptials, <laughs> get this episode out before the next episode airs. Wow. Um, TBD. I mean, I'm not going to promise anything. Um, yeah. We'll probably get it out like that Wednesday Fingers morning. Promised. But the next episode is 713, entitled Blood Giant. Um, it looks like we're going to get some more of that like red sun madness, I guess. I don't know. I'm glad um, that's coming back at least. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, like of all things, just that one time it was a, a whole episode for that. So imagine that introducing something and then following through on it. I know. Whoa, whoa! Apart Is from it, the flame, which just doesn't die. <laughs> these are revolutionary ideas, folks. Amazing. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else? Uh, no. No. All right, then I guess we will see you at some point, hear you talk. Fuck, I don't know. We'll be on the internet. Come yell at us. Um, thank you again in advance for editing, Shaheen, and maybe geek again, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs>